Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 30th of November 2012. For newcomers, as always, I hope you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. There's lots of free audios for download. There's also print-ups, or you can print up transcripts as well in English of all the sites. You can go into AlanWattsCentinel.eu and get transcripts in other languages of the talks I've given. And as always, I always remind you that you're the audience that do bring me to you, so you can help hopefully keep me going by buying the books and this at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And um, to do so, as I say, you can also donate, you can buy the books. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can uh, use personal checks, you can use international postal money orders, uh, you can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome in these hard times. And what I do, as always, I go through the, the system that we're living in, you're born into. I go through the fact that you've been um, conned your whole life, basically trained, scientifically trained, by professional people who've studied uh, the behaviorism, and now they call it neuroscience, is coupled with it to psychologies of all kinds. And uh, they know how to handle the masses, the mass man. So you're living through, you are the end product of it actually right now. Your parents were too, mind you, and so were your grandparents. This is an old, old art, and the art of indoctrination has, has been well discussed by uh, professional studies and even some of their own releases. You're born with the ability to comprehend so much, but you're stunted at birth because your parents give you your primary indoctrination from their indoctrination, and then school takes over, and that's when it really just cuts off your ability to free flow. Because now you're in groupthink, you're seeing consensus building, political correctness, and all of that is pushed on top of you, and there's nothing you can really do about it. You think it's all quite natural because otherwise... Adults wouldn't be doing that to you. You're so trusting, you see. And schooling's always been this way. John Taylor Gatto came out with lots of information about that to do with the indoctrination process in schools, and so does Charlotte Isserby and others as well. And well-documented material, of course, and it tells you the history of education, what it's really for, and it's to serve this big system that's already pre-existent and to get into a worse system now of complete scientific control. That's where we are today. We're a scientific socialism, they call it, from the masses. And um, the boys at the top, uh, interesting enough, I always think back to Bertrand Russell. He said, eventually, that the managerial classes, our technocratic classes, uh, will be, uh, they'll see themselves not just as a separate class, but almost a separate species, because their complete reality that they have above all of us is incredibly vastly different from what we are taught down below with the mainstream media, the standard education, etc. And I think that's already happened quite some time ago, personally. Uh, it's been that for quite some time. For the last hundred years, 
they really prepared the big pushes for the century of change, which was the 21st century, and they set up all the machinery, the United Nations, they had wars to bring it about, and they forced wars across the world since the World War One and Two to make it all come about, and through their own organization, the United Nations, they bring in this world system of government, and along with the United Nations, they have a duplicate structure of every government, they have every department they can possibly have in a national government, and they now dictate to the countries who are quite happy to sign on with it because all the politicians at the top are in on the big agenda, especially selected, but not by you either. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and I've mentioned many times about this massive superstructure of systems all combined together as one massive system. Supernational and it's, we don't vote it in. It's all run privately, of course. And that's the key to everything. There is such a thing as a parallel government. I've mentioned it many times before. And Maggie Thatcher, another ex-Prime Minister, has mentioned that they belong to it. They got more done as technocrats working behind the scenes uh, and not being responsible to the public. To get big world plans laid and debated and hammered out uh, and without the public even knowing about it. And apart from that, they work with all these big uh, foundations and institutions uh, that really are just fronts for the big banking boys, the real big banking boys, not your little local bank, but the guys who own all the strings of banks across the whole planet. And they also have private ones for themselves, too. So you're living in their system. And it was decided a long time ago that the world would be run properly if they would, would, would were in charge of running the world, not just the politicians. So for a little while they gave you a thing called democracy. It made the people actually believe they had it. Uh, and because they had to get war, world wars on the go, you see. And yet it's not, like, it's not likely you go and fight for world wars if, if it couldn't push or bring in democracy across the world and all that kind of thing when you actually don't have it yourself. But now that it's almost served its purpose, as we have, uh, um, we force this, this, this system of democracy across the Middle East and elsewhere, uh, it, it's going out of phase because the public back home are being trained under authoritarianism. And that's exactly what the Club of Rome, the big premier think tank for the United Nations said back in the 70s, the democracy would never work. It was a handy tool to use on the public, but it would never work because there was too, too many conflicting parties. And trying to explain things to the public all the time looking for approval uh, wouldn't work. They couldn't get the big plans rushed ahead. So they simply train you under authoritarianism now. And that, that's how you are trained. You simply obey every new law that's slammed on the books. And uh, most folk don't even mumble about it anymore. So we're going through massive changes, the century of change, the 21st century. It's something that academia whispered about for about 50 years amongst themselves because they all knew what it was about. And um, and they also trained selected students at special schools and universities to participate and take over from them as well. So here we are, and we have the, the, these public-private partnership deals with uh, government, which is a nice way of calling it fascism, because you see, that's what it is. That's what fascism truly is. So the fascists at the top run the world properly, you see, and they use a communistic system uh, where you've got massive uh, commissars and bureaucrats and agencies 
is uh, literally meddling with it, with people across the world from birth to death. Now that's where they're going with it. This is a scientific socialism. It's also called that H.G. Wells and Russell and many others talked about, and they help participate uh, along this this route for this. Per- particular great plan in their own lifetimes too. And in fact, greatly, they put a lot of their life into this big plan. Many they were well rewarded for it too. But here we are, and the average person really simply gets downloaded with the news of the day. And part of the technique of downloading you with all this news is to train you that you nothing, everything's out of your hands. That, that's what it's training you to do and think, that everything that you hear is out of your hands. Just accept it. And you don't, you don't even realize that's happening to you. Because you're supposed to have rights, you see. I mean, you can have rights if you really make sure that you, you, you want them and demand them and you all stand up and get them. But if you don't bother doing that, then you're being trained by the ones who want to master you to, to sit back and allow them to run everything quiet, you know, without your creating a fuss. And so it's working awfully well for them. But, um, Authoritarianism is the way to go for the specialists. I remember years ago reading an article too about the United Nations and how the United Nations, this non-democratic body that's always spouting democracy when they said NATO into bomb countries, you know, revolutionary democracy, they call it, as we force it on them. But uh, they're not democratic themselves. And no individual in the general population is given a chance to vote and never has had a chance to vote if they even wanted the United Nations. Never mind uh, what goes on inside of, of these departments. Massive structure. And um, they're into every aspect of your life, from, from health uh, to, to children, schooling, education, making sure that the, the world's education is standardized through the department called UNESCO. And you must have a standardized indoctrination to make sure that everyone's dumbed down to the right level, at the bottom level, you see. So... That's what I'm saying is you live in a completely different reality than the one you presume. That's if you presume at all. A lot of people out there have never heard of what's really been going on, and they just drift along and swallow all their entertainment on television and play their video games and all that, and watch stacks of movies, get downloaded with all the political correct updates in the movies, and they're completely oblivious. If you open your mouth and talk about it, they think you're nuts and crazy. But in reality, it's themselves who, they're, they're the perfect end product. They've got the quality approved stamp on them to be dumbed down enough to work in the system for, for the elite, you see. And it's worked, worked awfully well. Now, the biggest thing down through history, too, uh, history is full of nothing but conquerors. People always wanting to conquer. And you'll find the great historians, and uh, they're always pushing uh, great conquerors. Uh, they even have the title sometimes, the great, you see. So these guys are often bloodthirsty, terrible people, but they bring what they call civilization with them, meaning this system, the system of money, and income, the money, same money boys, and they start lending out and so on. And then they teach an elite class for an aristocracy and so on to lord it over the people. And then they bring in the rest of the system. This is all down through history, you understand. And the thing is, for people who are conquered, they generally have a physical battle. Uh, and then they know, oh, well, that's it, we're done for now, you see. And you, and that's it, you're, you're basically a subject from then on. So people today have a hard time believing that they are conquered. Yet all the signs, if you put up a checklist, they're all there. It's all done. 
You do what you're told, or else. You pay tributes to your masters. Not just, see, your masters are international too, not just the one running your country. And, and you're paying tribute across the world through redistribution of wealth to all these ridiculous religions. There are religions that create in all ages. You see, you're given a religion of sustainability and a religion of climate change and global warming and all this kind of stuff. And these are all parts of the religion that, that not the guys at the top, they don't believe in it. But it's necessary for you all to believe in it because you're the ones who's going to have to suffer all uh, happily and quietly, you see. So you're being conquered and you don't know it. And that's why people today, when they read the news or they hear the news, it's, oh my God, look what they're doing today. Oh my God, look at this, this and this. And I always put the analogy across like the rats in a cage in a laboratory and they're waiting for the morning staff to come in and they're sitting chatting away there. And it says, oh, what are they going to do to us today? Are they going to put electrodes in our brain and shock us? Are they going to half our food supply or give us strange chemicals and then dissect us? What are they going to do today? Well, that's where the public is. See, these are reactions to something which they really don't understand. They don't understand that this whole system took hundreds of years to plan. It took the last century to set up all the, the, the machinery, step by step, and, and all your bureaucrats and politicians have been involved in amalgamating uh, this, this world together in partnership with the private corporations for the last hundred odd years. They know where they're going with it all because they talked about it in the revolutionary days. And people thought the revolutions were all about freeing people. No, they were not. They were to bring in this one common system globally where the wise men would rule the world. And that's where eugenics comes in too because that all burst out in the same era, this whole international revolutionary phase with Darwin. You had Karl Marx, Karl Marx there. In fact, Karl Marx knew Darwin. He wanted to dedicate his, his third edition to him because he said it validated the theory of Marxism. So there, you've got elitists here, still today, who, who, who by the very fact have held on to wealth for such a long time, because they've had their mates selected for them for offspring, uh, and, uh, and, held on to, and, and their children hold on to the wealth and don't get lost either and drink it, drink it into the ground, or drug it into the ground, then that's a proof, three generations at least, to, to join the big club. And so if, you, if they still have held on to that wealth for three generations, that's a proof that they're superior eugenically, you see. That's what they claim. And they go to the best schools, but they also have a completely different education on the side than the average person will ever, ever understand. So you're conquered, and you're run by people who know where they're going, uh, corporations are doing more ruling over you now uh, than, than your governments are. And there's been more and more and more of this as we rush ahead. Now, IBM is one of the companies. I should say too, mind you, you understand, most of the big corporations in the world today, the really big ones, were all started by the same few people. To give you the impression, often, that there's competition, but there's not. But these special companies were set up the same few people. They also got the CIA to put a whole bunch of legitimate companies on the go. MI6 did the same. Mossad does the same. They all do this. And they all work together towards this common goal, this common purpose of this, this world of theirs. 
And at this stage now, now that we're trained so far and we've accepted uh, the, the new uh, system of authoritarianism and you do what you're told or else, uh, then they bring in this step to do with euthanasia. I've mentioned that many times. I mentioned it last night, and I'm glad to see other hosts are taken up today. And to do with the children too, not just the elderly. And I said many years ago on, on radio, they'll start first with abortion. You see, that takes us a, a pillar holding the roof up, and it's easier to knock the rest down then. And then they'll go for the elderly, and now they're going, of course, for, for children up to three and even over if they're sick, actually. Horror is coming in because you see, this is a new religion, and you scoffed at all the old ones that gave you all your rights. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system, the system you're born into. And most folks, as I say, don't even know what's going on. Most folks don't know they're conquered. Most of them never will. In fact, they've adjusted to it. They think it's all quite natural. And all of them actually like it because it's like Charles Galton Darwin said. He says if people won't need their higher instincts that make you normal. The higher instincts, your suspicions and so on, intuitions, uh, your ability to, uh, your need to question things in fact. He says they won't need these, these, these particular faculties because the state will be making all their decisions for them. And we've all been trained, the special people above us, rows of experts and everything that deal with it, with it all. And it's, it's been a massive training to make us believe in experts, you see. Uh, Russell said it too, he says, which you'll keep repeating and repeating to people believe uh, they can't make a decision by themselves. Only experts can make proper decisions, and you're not qualified as an expert on anything. It's been awfully successful. This is a war, folks. This is total war, actually. And to change all society, to destroy all that was, and it's been awfully successful. Look at the mess we're all in today. Now, Getting back to public-private and so on, like IBM is one of the first big corporations they really pushed out there because it was awfully important to, to get a company up that could categorize. You see, it's all about us. It's all about us, categorizing all of us, computerizing us and getting us all listed and monitoring us and watching us all the time. So IBM says starts that's a summit 2012, start summit is called for, for cities. And this was in, this was uh, last month in, in England. And it says the IBM Start Summit 2012, Sustainable Infrastructure for Smarter Cities. You understand? See, all these corporations now are on board with all these wonderful agendas to save you. Sustainable. Everything's sustainable, you see. Terminology is awfully important because once you're brainwashed with it, as soon as these characters, these shysters put it in their, 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 their pieces there, it must be good. It must be good. What's IBM? IBM worked with prison camps in World War II, categorizing people with Kardec systems. And here they are doing the world. But they're, they're good guys, you see. And they want us all to be happy when they help deal with sustainability for, for where the, all the dumps you're going to live in as you cram together in the big cities and so on. Smart cities. They're also hooked up with Desert Tech and all these other big corporations that came out of the Club of Rome. They're raking in over a trillion dollars they got there. And they've got to produce nothing with it except big bank accounts for themselves. 
Because, you see, the public are throwing all our money. We're not doing it, but your politicians are. These big, special corporations that have all got their hands out. This, this is the win-win business of today, you see. You don't have to produce anything. Just, just go in with a sketch and say, when you build this, it's going to be good for sustainability. They'll throw the money at you. And you just do a little dinky things with cardboard and say, oh, well, it failed. And that's okay to write it off. And then you change your name and go into, you're changing the name of the company and, and open up a brand new one doing something else. They're all at it, you know. Anyway, it says, following the success of the previous two summits in 2010-11, IBM opened its doors to a select group of stakeholders across many disciplines to debate and create an action plan for cities and their challenges. As part of the START initiative, inspired by HRH, the Prince of Wales, <laughs> you know, Savile's pal, we have continued to develop the ideas the previous summit delegates recommended, many of which are already being uh, actioned, but as one imperative which will require a greater level of collaboration that's providing a secure and robust infrastructure that is fit for purpose for all citizens while achieving a more sustainable future for us all. See, all, that, they don't mean them themselves. When they say us, you see, they, 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 for themselves, they, they'd be apart from you. They're going to live in the country in mansions all over the planet, which they do already. Remember, the, two or three years ago, the United Nations said eventually there'll be no people on the rural areas at all except those corporate farms and a few very rich people. And that's by about 2018 or so, they said. And it says Britain will not be able to compete in the modern world unless we improve the infrastructure. The transport system, transportation systems are congested. Many of the older and more polluting power stations will come to the end of their lives over the next decade. Increases in population will put more pressure on our water supplies because, you see, it's an open door in Britain. They take all immigrants in. And advances in technology will increase the demand for digital connectivity. Now, digital co- connectivity isn't just digital. They're also putting in wiring. They want it to put in wiring across the world, under the sea, Greenland, to Britain, to elsewhere. Massive wiring. And this is the big plan that they've got. They've got all this cash thrown to them to, to, to set it up. Whether it works or not doesn't matter. Anyway, I'll put this article up tonight for those. It's also got a PDF with it, and it's got all the suggestions about what we should do for sustainability. And that means literally get on your bike and get rid of the car get on your, and all that rubbish that they always pull out. Uh, and try pedaling through the snow in Canada and see how far you get. But this is the nonsense they come out with as we go sustainable. And, of course, it just means literally they're going to do away with your cars. And I said essential vehicles only under Agenda 21, and therefore you'll have to move to the cities, uh, and there you'll get public transportation. It'll be all clapped out, just like the old Soviet Union system was. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system we live in and how it's run as public-private or as fascist, if you like, at the top. And this is the new improved version where experts rule the world uh, and rather leaving it to individual choices as to what you want to do, what you want to work at, where you want to live, uh, who you want to marry, all that kind of stuff. It's all 
a brand new system and they're training the public very quickly now, especially through the school system, uh, into the new the new, new way that it will be. Simple as that. It's all set up, all the machinery, all the, the toolkits, as they call it, for trainers and all that. Uh, it's all set up. And, of course, the new version of the National Defense Authorization Act makes it easier to detain citizens indefinitely. I'll put that up tonight, too, to do with uh, how they've changed it slightly. But actually, it actually improves it, makes it easier to hold citizens indefinitely, actually, because of the way it's worded. As always, that's what lawyers are for. You know, they play with words. And getting back to eugenics, here it says here, all children, all school children in Britain should be tested for mental health illnesses, say who? Says who? Experts. Experts again, you see? Experts. Again, you understand this whole idea of conditioning the public to listen to experts has been going on your whole life. And, and really rapidly changing and ramping it up through television since about the 80s, 1980s, even to the weather stations and so on. I was showing an umbrella, uh, if it's going to rain. I mean, how aggressive it's going to rain, huh? And, and stuff like that. But experts, experts, experts. And eventually they won't have to tell you what the names of them are or if they even exist. And you say experts, say. Eh? But anyway, this one here, this one name, it says, Screening all 11-year-olds could reveal those at greater risk of conditions such as depression, claim researchers. See, that, that's scientific researchers, you see. You know, people who have glasses and not in white coats. This could help authorities treat youngsters early and stop them descending into more hard-to-treat conditions. However, other experts warn that labeling people as vulnerable at such a young age could do more harm than good. So always, this is how they always give you articles like that when they're introduced. Other experts say or warn, you see. But this is straightforward eugenics. They've been, they wanted this back at the end of World War II. The top guy in charge of the British Medical uh, Psychiatric uh, Institution said we want to be able to t- take everyone, adults and children, and test them annually. And we'll decide what, what's to be done with them. You see, this is eugenics. All to obey the system, the totalitarian system. Anyway, so scientists at Cambridge University said they devised a computer test that could reliably identify those at high risk as early as 11 years old. Oh, really? They can't even get the weather right. A study led by Professor Barbara Sahakian suggested the test could be used to alert doctors and psychologists to intervene early. So now you get SWAT teams coming in if they find you've got the wrong gene. They're already aborting goodness knows how many children because this, this child may or may not get this or that disease. May or may not. We can't guarantee it, you see. And it says, Ian Goodger, a child and adolescent psychiatrist who worked with Professor Sahakian on the study, said screening 11 and 12-year-old children could reveal those who have low resilience, putting them at higher risk of developing mental illnesses such as depression. Low resilience, eh? Whoa, that's very scientific. However, other experts have warned that labeling someone as high risk could uh, have a negative consequence. Mental health problems are common in young people. Some 10% of children aged between 5 and 16 in Britain are assessed as having a mental disorder of some uh, kind. Of course, with them all drugged now. Adolescence is also a mind, mind you. I mean, I think having all those shots they get from the, from the baby time onwards, I'm surprised they're even alive. Yeah, never mind damaged. Adolescence is also a critical period for the development of major depression and so on. The world, this is all to do with the World Health Organization from, again, the United Nations. They want it worldwide, you see. The World Health Organization says more than 350 million people worldwide have depression. Well, no wonder. 
No wonder if you read the news lately. If you looked at your future. Anyway, it says, by 2020, the disorder will rival heart disease as an illness with the highest global disease burden. And but we've been told that we're going to austerity, meaning poverty and high massive taxes. You know? And there's no work all went to China, thanks to our leaders. You know? Anyway, when you scroll down, they go into, uh, again, they touch on the, the same old thing up to do with genetic testing. See, they've always been at this. It must be in the genes. This is straightforward eugenics. And eugenics, you actually had a poverty gene, remember? That's why they used to uh, abort children and then they'd sterilize the mothers because they, they came from a poor family. A poverty gene was responsible for that. So you didn't have a poverty gene, you'd be a shark with a fancy-sounding surname and you'd be up there in Wall Street, you see? Ripping folk off and getting government bailouts. And it says the researchers have found that adolescents who had a variation of a certain gene linked to their brain chemical serotonin and who had also experienced regular family arguments and parental rows for longer than six months before the age of six <laughs> had significantly difficult, significantly difficult evaluating the emotion in, in, the, in the words, it says. So they've said that wrong, what they, put, what they mean. In the words, uh, they can't even get that right in the article. It says, this said Goodyear, uh, suggested those children suffered from an inability to process emotional information. So it's all to do with this gene to do with serotonin, apparently. A factor which previous studies have established is linked to significantly increased risk of depression and anxiety. The evidence is that both our genes and our early childhood experiences contribute, says Goodyear. You know, I, I can remember, uh, you go, actually go through eugenics, go through uh, all the, the stuff, that they, all, all their previous theories before they even found the gene. And you see them measuring people and children, their noses, what's their noses, the space between their eyes, uh, their, their earlobes, you know, the distance from their eye to their earlobe, the big calipers and things. This all started in London, and then Germany took it up after that. And here we are, oh, it could be the gene, you see. So they always wanted to, to, to put it down to a gene as a problem, as a gene. So they can predict who's going to, uh, who should get aborted and who shouldn't. Otherwise, you see, you might get people who can think and say, this, this system is all garbage. And I'm going to speak out about it. They say, they don't want, oh, what we're doing today, but won't happen in 20 years' time. We'll all be gone. We'll all be gone. And you'll just get happy DJs on, 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 and they're just churning out music or something, what they call music by them. And you won't get anyone complaining about anything because everyone will be technically happy because the ones who would complain and point out to the rest what's wrong will be aborted at birth. And that's eugenics. That's what it's all about. So is it the ruling elites? And the scientific class that work for them, we won't have any more problems. Remember what, what, uh, it was Aldous Huxley said, he says that he doesn't see why a coming, say, scientific, uh, um, authoritarian society, totalitarianism, scientific, he said, um, couldn't last forever. Because that's what he had in mind, that they'll abhor all the, all the ones who, who could be a problem. Uh, they've got such incredible knowledge, understanding, especially in real time today with computerization of all your data. I've mentioned these links to their data, the United Nations system, who, who are listening to, even to this talk right now and everything else going across the world right now in real time. And um, 
And they can head anything off at the pass, no problem at all. They won't ever have a problem again. That's why they're so confident that they have no problems. And actually, they're right at this stage. They're right. So anyway, this is um, the claim that your childhood experiences plus particular genes uh, will make you mentally ill. And that's it, folks. That's it right there. It's straightforward eugenics. And if you were to read a study yourself, you'd find completely different things or an awful lot of faith in guessing because that's what they always have. Also tonight, I'll put up, uh, even though Julian Assange is this kind of strange fella, um, I'll, I'll put up an article that was done with him recently about the internet. And again, there's no, there's no um, privacy and it's designed that way or it's taken over uh, for that purpose. And it says they're now intercepting entire nation's data at one go, not just the individuals, the collective, if you like, this new collective that we all are. And um, it's already here. And he mentions the different systems. This is Libya, for instance, was employing the Eagle system, which is produced by French company AMESYS. And it pushed there in 2009, advertising its international documentation as a nationwide interception system. And they're way beyond anything. And even this article here, if this stuff's published, believe you me, they're way beyond all of that to the high levels. So he goes on to, to say it's cheaper to intercept every individual rather than it is to pick particular people to spy on. And so you can do the whole lot at once, you see. And that's what your governments are doing on you too, and God knows how many agencies. They make some good uh, uh, statements to do, like the Stasi in East Germany, and how every one in every ten people was a spy for the government, generally pressured into or blackmailed into it by the authorities to, to snitch on everybody. And it says now that they're using Facebook and so on, and even if you don't use it, somebody else that you know will, and they'll put all your data and what you're telling them up on their Facebook. So they actually, um, you know, they're basically contributing to the data collection on you, just like the Stasi did, only it's a better method. So those around you are totally brainwashed or actually helping put you all in a prison camp in a sense. Also, benefit cheats are to face lie detector tests. Council leaders in Britain have introduced lie detector tests in a bid to catch benefit fraudsters who trick them out of thousands of pounds every year. Well, that'll be the day because, I mean, the last article I read, remember it was some guys, I think, from Uganda or somewhere, and they had funneled millions of pounds back as a woman who was the head of the gang, it seems, and she's buying holiday resorts over there. This isn't the sort of, I mean, the, the average person in Britain understand, uh, depends who you are. Um, you're lucky to get 55 pounds a week. Lucky. From, from welfare. Yeah. But not the guys who flood into the country with, with the big families. Because it, because they're scared of, of the cry of racism if they don't get right in there and, and, and get all these different levels, grants thrown at them from, from the local level to, to the borough level or county level, and upwards, up to the, all the way up. China's state grid's core is to buy $500 million stake in Electronet in Australia. It seems they're buying up the Australian grids step by step in, in, in Australia. So China's really on the move. And mind you, too, I've mentioned before that Australia and New Zealand was to go under uh, the auspices of uh, China, 
and the CFR designed the whole system, these trading blocks, including the United uh, Europe and Americas and Far Eastern group as well. And they said that a long time ago that eventually the dominant party they would make to be is China. And that's what they're doing right now in Australia is trying to acclimatize them to that, psychologically to that whole idea that they're now under the auspices of China. And it's working actually. Now, the latest thing, of course, is every bomb plot you get in the U.S., and we had one in Canada, two in Stacks in Britain, it's always the authorities who plan it. They find some silly people or are strung out on something, and they guide them along, they supply the materials, then they go in and catch them. It's just such a repetitive play. It's like watching an old movie over and over again. Uh, it gets boring, but I keep warning young folk, don't fall for this stuff. If someone comes along and, and you're into whatever it is you're into, uh, and this guy is seeing all the right stuff for your particular group, don't trust them at all, because if he's walking around free, uh, he's one of their boys. That's your first clue. It says, Cleveland anarchist bomb plots aided by and abetted by the FBI. This is a standard scenario. And it's, a, it's the mugshots of the five men arrested this year for plotting to blow up a bridge near Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, that would achieve a lot, right, blowing up a bridge. On 20th of November, District Court Judge David Dowd Jr. sentenced three anarchists with the Occupy Cleveland movement to prison terms ranging from 8 to 11.5 years for attempting to bomb a highway bridge last spring. And it says... Um, the U.S. Attorney Stephen uh, Dutelbach trumpeted successful prosecution. He says, these defense were found to have engaged in terrorist activities. The sentence send a message to, that when individuals decide to endanger the safety community, they'll be held to account. It says, Dutelbach, however, was trying to spin the judge's ruling that, in fact, rebuked the government Dowd handed down far uh, shorter sentences than the prosecutor sought, reportedly saying that the proposed prison terms were grotesque and doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Prosecution asked for a sentence of 30, 25, and 19 years, respectively, for Douglas Wright, who's 27, Baxter, who's 20, and Stevens, who's 20. And they failed plot to use plastic explosives to topple Route 82. Then he goes into how they set the guys up. And this guy, who was a a snitch for the FBI, and of course a a criminal himself, it was paid money and all that to set these guys up. And even when they were, they were losing interest, it's like young guys with fantasies or living in half fantasy half the time or movie land. He, he, he would, he was the guy that kept getting it back together again and keeping them on board for this thing. Then they got the stuff and then the incomes at the FBI, the rest of them all. Standard stuff. You've heard it all before. This is just the standard stuff, you know. So if there's no terrorism, you, you, you can't justify all the laws, you understand. So they've got to keep uh, creating fake incidences. Uh, and eventually they're going to some real ones if necessary. Because they ain't going to change. You understand, you're up against totalitarianism. What do you, what do you think totalitarianism means? But the end justifies the means, whatever it takes to get this massive agenda. You aren't going to throw off an agenda that's been hundreds of years in the making because you complain. I hope you understand that. Also in the papers too in Britain it says the highest ever HIV diagnosis in gay men, homosexual men, it says. The number of gay and bisexual men being diagnosed with HIV in the UK reached an all-time high in 2011 according to the health protection agencies. It says there's been a a worrying trend since 2007 with more and more new cases each year. Nearly half of the 6,280 people diagnosed last year were men who'd had sex with other men. It says overall, one in 20 of these men are infected with HIV. 
of those diagnosed in 2011, nearly two-thirds had not been to a sexual health clinic in the previous three years. There's going to be an awful lot more than that throughout society, I think, because that's only ones that probably the funds that have got it, that have come in for something else, perhaps. So... Years ago, when all this broke out, of course, the, the, the UN immediately was trumpeting and the World Health Organization of the United Nations was trumpeting, oh, this is going to spread across the whole planet and eventually everyone's going to have it. And, of course, it's the only infectious killer disease that's never been quarantined because it was a political issue. So self-fulfilling prophecy was going to spread across the world. Well, it has massively. And, um, of course, I'm sure it was made by science. The Guardian also has offshore secrets revealed the shadowy side of a booming industry. These are how people who leave their own countries and go to some exotic places, certain exotic places, confront for thousands of companies and make millions and millions and bucks doing so. They're doing a, a, a series, apparently, on at least revealing some of the names behind these anonymous companies. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and I'll go to Tom from Wisconsin if you're still there. You're still there, Tom? Hello? Alan, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. All right, awesome. Hey, um, you know, I've been calling into your show for a few years, and I remind you that once in a while. And, um, you know, what I've learned recently, and this is like the key for me in, in all of this patriotism garbage, which is what I've come to pre- presume that it is now, mm-hmm. is that um, the Virginia company out of uh, England and um, basically – that was divided up into the 13 uh, colonies, which then became the 13 states or the estates mm-hmm. of the King of England and the uh, Crown Bank. Yep. And, um, you know, a, a gentleman by the name of Alex Jones, you've been on his show and others uh, have been on, been on his show. You know, he, he brings up this issue of like the patriot mythology of, you know, I'm the king of Texas or... You know, we have to create a separate, you know, government, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that this whole patriotism about the and the worship of the founding fathers, which in itself is a legalism type of language, um, that itself is the is the patriot mythology, because those individuals were trying to protect their own interests when they when they adopted the original Constitution uh, for the United States of America. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to get your opinion on that. And then I also wanted to say to everybody out there listening now that we are living in a system of contract, of, of, of maritime admiralty contract law, and there will not be a secession allowed of the current system of uh, political entities that are corporations in what, what is normally called the United States, but is really the country that was called America before it was called the United States after the creation of the United States Corporation in the late uh, uh, 1700s. So I just want to get your opinion on that, Alan. I think you're doing a great job in trying to wake up people to the basics of what's happening right now. What I see see is that um, 
It's true that the founding fathers were old families that already had charters for owning quite large chunks of land inside the Americas, as you say. And um, they also belonged to, but they all belonged to the world revolutionary force of that time, which was what Freemasonry was founded to do. Uh, so there's no doubt about that. You look at all the symbology they had from ancient Egypt and all the rest of it, um, even the, the Washington Monument and so on. That's not a Christian symbol, obviously. But um, you'll find that they had uh, uh, ties with other countries, the same revolutionaries. In fact, they were getting... Franklin went through it. He says for 20 years they were stocking up with powder and ball and all the rest of it and islands around around the coastline uh, and they were getting it in from different countries across Europe where they had fellow uh, revolutionaries. So it was a long-term uh, planned agenda. And um, you're quite right in a sense. Now, Franklin also said too... Uh, so did Jefferson that they hoped that the United States would become not just a federation of of the, the, the counties, but a federation of the world. That's World Federalist Society, which is World Parliamentary Society, which is United Nations. So folk have to start to accept that part of it, that this is all said, stated it's in their own books, their own writings, in fact, of these people, particular people. And you're here, folks. The U.S. is being used to flatten only few individual sovereign nations left in the world and standardize them under this same system. From Hamish Michelle from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>